What's going on, everybody? Welcome in to another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. You know who your hosts are. It's Blaine Spencer and Joe Ciccoletti. We took a week off because our real jobs actually took over our lives last week. So weren't really available, but what a perfect way to get back into it, Joe. You know, with the franchise tag deadline wrapping up today and then some interesting things with the spring training now in full swing, some interesting new rules that they're implementing too. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do something fun, a.k.a. we get to be the GMs of some, some NFL football teams. But how have you been, man? Been a couple weeks. Yeah, it has been. It's been uh, two weeks, man. We uh, We missed some time last week. But we're right back in it. Yeah, we're right back in it. And it's a perfect time, especially in the NFL season. Offseason is here in full effect. Um, and we had the big franchise tag deadline today. Had a couple notable players get the franchise tag. And a couple uh, players got a signing um, instead of the franchise tag and got some uh, big paydays. So we'll get into discussion there. Yeah, well, let's let's dive into the franchise tag. You know, there was a couple major headlines that we were kind of looking at with um, two of them were at the quarterback position. Um, One was Lamar Jackson. The other was Daniel Jones and how that was going to affect New York because we didn't know if it was going to be Saquon, if it was going to be Danny Dimes. Um, But let's start off with Lamar because I know for us, we were talking about before we just hopped on, we're like, this is the greatest thing ever because our teams maybe have a shot now at Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson got the – non-exclusive franchise tag, which is a huge component to this, is you can either get offered the exclusive or non-exclusive. Exclusive tag, only $32 million. He is now allowed to get pursued by other teams. When it With the non-exclusive, the Ravens would have had the ball in their court, but it was an extra $12 million. And I feel like money played a huge role in this. And I think it kind of set a precedent from Baltimore saying that We've kind of set our number that we're not going to be eclipsing that $40 million a year range to pay this man. Joe, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen with Lamar? Your thoughts of what happened today? I think it was kind of expected, but and then who you think is going to potentially pony up some, uh, some leverage. Yeah. I, I think you said it best. I think that the Ravens stood pat and what their offer was to Lamar and Lamar's maybe is um, asking a little bit of a too ridiculous price um, could be like a Deshaun Waskin um, contract there. And and the Ravens don't want to pony up for it. So they put this non-exclusive tag, um, you know, we're only paying 32, 33 mil a year. And um, you know, if a team wants to bid on him, essentially they have to give up two first round picks. So in the end, for the Ravens, it's kind of like a win-win for them, right? They get Lamar still this year if nobody wants to pony up. But if not, they get two first-round picks. They can maybe package one of them first-round picks up with theirs uh, in the upcoming draft and maybe go draft one of these young quarterbacks coming into the league. I always think that's a great idea sometimes. You get a quarterback on a rookie deal, or you can get Lamar Jackson. Look, Lamar Jackson, top five, top seven quarterback, went healthy on the field. But like I said, when healthy, it's always a it's always a difference maker. Every year he's hurt, especially come down crunch time. Man, how many times have we seen November, December roll around where up oh, Lamar Jackson's questionable and he misses this week and then he misses the next week and then it's this, then it's that. I mean, that's always been the big issue with Lamar Jackson is his health. When he's on the field, he's electric. Easily, sometimes even at the point, the best quarterback. To be on the field. and the, Best you player on the lead, field. Easily. Exactly. You want him leading your team. But the issue is, is 
him on the field. It's just so tough right. to predict when he will be on the field. No, I think the biggest thing now, I feel like Baltimore also has that precedent that they didn't want to fall into like what happened with Joe Flacco again, with how he went on. He was above average quarterback and he went, he got hot at the perfect time and led them to a championship. Right. And the biggest thing with Lamar is that he was on his rookie deal. He's been hurt these past two or three seasons after his MVP year. So they weren't trying to be outlandish with how his MVP season was, which was absolutely remarkable. He was the clear front runner and won by a mile, in my opinion, that year. But they weren't, they haven't allowed that one season predicate how this contract is going to play out. Because, like you said, durability. What's the biggest caveat with football players? Are you going to be willing? Are you on the field? And with Lamar, he's missed roughly now a third of the season for the last two seasons now. Actually, it's probably even higher than a third now, if I can do the math correctly. I think he missed the last six this year, last six the year before that, so over a third. So I think the biggest thing now is who's going to be willing to throw away? Because honestly, I think two first-rounders isn't that bad. Like no. if you look at some of the other quarterback deals that have been taking place, like the Russell Wilson one for a perfect example, like two first rounders is kind of nothing for a quarterback that's in his prime, but you just don't know what you're going to get durability wise. No, I couldn't agree. Like I was just had a discussion with one of my buddies about the Deshaun Watson trade. And what was that? Three first round picks, a couple second rounders. And you know, you got a guy who kind of didn't play professional football at all for a year and then even missed time before that. So, you know, I know right. Lamar's been off the field, but at least Lamar has played in the NFL last year. Yes, he just got injured, sure. I mean, but he can return back to his form. No questions about it. Yeah, two first-round picks, I, I, you know, I think I think it's the big thing. Yeah, the big thing's going to come down to the money. Like, that's what it's going to come down to. I don't think it really is going to come down to the picks. Yeah, you lose a, lose a first-round pick. Always losing a first-round pick. Top talent you're losing for both, you know, both drafts. But you're getting Lamar Jackson. I mean, the man is yeah. a legend. He's going to sell tickets um, in any stadium he goes to. And he probably, if he go, lands to an NFC team, easily is, you know, number one, maybe number two quarterback in the NFC at that point then. Oh, uh, without a question. I don't even think that's an, an argument. So, you know, he propels this, propels that team to the next level, in my opinion. You know, like, you know, we look at it in two two different instances here, you know, with he might go to Washington. He might go to the Panthers. He might go to the Falcons, right? You put Lamar Jackson on any one of them three teams, they arguably, you could make a case that one of them teams could be in the NFC Championship game. Oh, yeah. Like, I, it's, it's kind of shocking to say, but if Lamar's healthy enough, he can propel that team to move its way up to be an NFC Championship caliber team. It's wild to think about, but it is a reality and a fact that needs to be stated out there if he goes to the NFC. Yeah, absolutely shocking, right, that you would even think of those three teams as then going from a lottery team for arguably top three teams that are looking for a top 10 pick next year to being a legitimate contender mm -hmm. just based off of one player. And that I think the NFC also how – weaker it is in comparison to the AFC also plays a role in that, but not as significant as many may realize. Like if he goes to Atlanta or Carolina, 
they're the clear front runner in the division. Like it's not even close with how everything's unfolded with New Orleans. And now New Orleans is now the, and you would say the favorite with them landing Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Right. But um, if you get Lamar Jackson there, I would put them ahead of New Orleans without a doubt. I mean, as you know, he, you're hoping that he goes to Atlanta. I'm hoping he lands in Washington, pair him up with Eric Bieniemy. that whole thing. Like be electric. It would, it oh would be my electric. gosh. He, be and you know, Eric Bieniemy would put him in the position to be successful. Like without a doubt. Oh, stop. I can't think about it. Cause you know, it's just going to be everything in that regard. I'll get too excited. Um, but, but Baltimore also set the number now, right? He, they wouldn't pay him the 44 mil. So all you have to do is like, there's your minimum number that you have can really get to, right? If you can get to that 40 plus range a year, like you're in ballpark that Baltimore ain't going to match that. Yeah. Yeah. And personally, I think, I think he is, he's going to be worth it in the end. Like somebody's going to pony up for 45 to 47 mil a year. It's just what the nature of the NFL contracts are now for quarterbacks. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, we were shocked at getting 50 million a year. We're like, wow, like what is going on here? But yeah. You know, we got to face the facts. The salary cap is going to be going up every year from now on. And with that being said, the contracts for these quarterbacks are going to go up every Every year from now on. I mean, let's, you know, I don't want to twist tides here or turn the tides here, but Daniel Jones just got a contract of four years, $160 million. I mean, for me, he's a below average quarterback and shouldn't be worth damn near. I I said he should have got like 28 mil. I would have gave him credit. Well, I know we were talking about it on our show after they, he did that one, like he had one game this year. It was the playoff game against Minnesota. Like we were trying to put a number on him. I think I even went lower than that. I said 25. Like how can you, how is Daniel Jones worth $40 million? Like that's the one thing that Lamar just goes right here. He's like, the New York Giants are paying a the, uh, an average, average quarterback $40 million, and you ain't going to give me 40, 45? Yep. Like, that is outlandish. Yep. And personally, I mean, it was kind of um, kind of shocking to me because we've seen a contract kind of like this before with, like, Kirk Cousins when he signed with the Vikings. And right. we were all kind of like, I forget his number now off the top of my head, what he's got, but at the time, I remember it was like, Kirk Cousins just is not worth that. Like, Kirk was like thirty-two, I think, at the time, something yeah, like that. Yeah, like Kirk Cousins to me was kind of like a Daniel Jones. Maybe he's like a guy that like he gets a couple wins here and there, but like it's nothing spectacular. It's not going to win you a Super Bowl in the end. And I still think that with Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones. <laughs> so the only thing that this uh, contract that Daniel Jones got is going to screw up the rest of the quarterbacks' contract oh for the near future. You know, guys like. Let's think about it like this. Guys like Lamar just now, right? And then you got guys the following year, right, that have to start looking at contracts in terms Herbert, of Jaylen, Burrow, Joe Burrow, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. Like they're going to be like oh. $60 million range. Yeah. Like they're going to be minimum. Minimum. just got $40 million a year. Like the average, right? <laughs> Come on now. I'm definitely worth way more than that. So Gross. don't be surprised where if it's like, you know, these guys are 52, 53, 57, you know, the following year from now. And then you're going to sit back and look and be like, wow, Patrick Mahomes' contract is a bargain for Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I know. Stealing money now at this point. Andy Reid's so happy after today. He really is. He is just like, 
got my guy for a long time at a flat rate right now. Yeah. But, uh, but like, I mean, if I'm, we can stay on Danny Dines for a second because I just think this is absolute outlandish that you're paying that guy that amount of money. Like, it's absurd. Like, I mean, it's only half guaranteed, right? I think it's like 82 or something like that. Yeah. But still, you're paying your quarterback $160 million. Yep. I mean, no, I think there's like a buyout, like after his guaranteed money's done after year two. So, like, it's not like that big of a cap hit. But now you're the Giants have now committed to Daniel Jones. Like, there is no other way around it. Like, there's no way they're going anywhere else at the quarterback position. Well, I do like that they did have the opt out after year two. Like, if I told you Daniel Jones signed a contract for two years for 81 million or 82 million, you'd be like, okay, yeah, that's a lot. But, like, at least it's only two years. Right. So, like, that's what I kind of do like about the Giants is like, yeah, they went in for Danny Dimes for two years, but like, they didn't go fully in. It's kind of like you're just stepping in the shallow part of the pool, you're not taking the deep dive into the deep end here. Um, so I got to give him credit when credit's due. However, though, you know, I, I just hope personally they didn't like kind of um, screw up the contracts now with Saquon Barkley. Right. Because now you franchise Saquon at 10 mil and he's oh, nothing. He, That's nothing. He didn't want to reset the running back market. So if you look at like the top tier running backs, you know, they make anywhere from I think it's 18 mil down to about 14 mil, I guess it would be. Yeah, I think uh, it's something like that, roughly. So if they got, you know, I think if they came in around 15, 16, I think Saquon would be happy. But now he's on a franchise tag making $6 million less than what he kind of anticipated. So I just hope that doesn't give him bad blood up in New York um, between the GM and, and Saquon when you got a great running back like that. And honestly, you won most of your games because of Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. it's. I mean, it was, I mean, it was Danny Dimes' legs and then Saquon's Barkley for everything else. There was nothing else that... The, well, the Giants' defense gets a fair amount because they kept them in games and keep it they kept it low scoring. But offensively speaking, it was the Saquon Barkley show. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And Danny Dimes, like we kind of alluded to this, had one game this year. One game. It was the playoff game against Minnesota. But honestly, we could have that game against Minnesota because that's how bad their defense is. Like, Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like, you know, I don't want to keep harping on Danny Dines, but yeah, like I said, he's a below average quarterback. Shouldn't be worth more than $28 million a year, but um, the Giants had to do what they had to do, I guess, to keep it. does Lamar get now with 40? Because Danny Dines now is asking for 40. He's going to, his number just jumped up exponentially. I don't know if it jumped up per se, because like he's still franchise tagged. Like in the end, like nobody's going to bite that big yet out of Lamar because, you know, health wise, like, as much as I say Danny Dimes is a below-average quarterback, Danny Dimes is on the field, though. He doesn't right. get hurt that often. Um, however, like, Lamar, when he's on the field, is electric. It's day and night compared to Danny Dimes, but when he's on the field. So it just comes Too down to Too much of a caveat. Exactly. So I think it's just going to come down to, like, all right, who wants to take the biggest chunk out of the apple, but – you know, you don't want to take too much. You don't want to be going for that 50 mil, maybe like what the Patrick Mahomes is. And, um, you know, you start at 50 mil with his contract. It's not like you're getting him on a rookie deal for a year or two to try to maybe build his team up before he gets there. Like you're stuck with the 50 mil cap right off the bat. 
Um, but some team probably will pony up in some sort of way. What we'll hear about, there's a lot of smoke screen out there. But who, you, who are you thinking? Yeah. Cause I know you were saying we were talking about Atlanta said they're out. Miami says they're out. I, who would be, I, I honestly, who would be the team that would be a front runner to you? It's a smoke screen for it all. Like, I think it's a smoke screen for it all. Every team's going, yeah, yeah, no, I'm not interested. I like my guy that I have on my team. Of course you have to be like that. They're on your team. I think there's only six quarterbacks that you could say that they're not going to try and ask questions. Exactly. Like, 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 you know, as much as Washington likes Sam Howe, I would take Lamar Jackson over him. As much as I like Desmond Ritter, I will gladly take Lamar Jackson over him. As much as I like Sam Darnold, I will gladly take Lamar Jackson over him. I mean, that's just even take two. Uh, you, t- you take him over to uh, you take him over. Exactly. There's, a, there's like, all those teams that said they're not. They absolutely will inquire about Lamar Jackson. No questions about it. Um, if I had a pick, if I had to like, you know, close my eyes and throw a dart and see which team. Does he hit, stay in Baltimore before you put, say, say the team? Do you think he stays in Baltimore this year? I don't think he plays another game in, with the Baltimore Ravens. All right, so now I can, because I think we're both now on the same page. I think he's Baltimore has now ruined any relationship yep. with him. I agree. I agree. I, th- I don't think he plays another game in Baltimore, whether he's still in the franchise tag and he holds out. Um, and honestly, that's what I feel like teams might be like waiting to see. Like, hey, the longer we drag this out, maybe the less the price is. I don't know how the franchise tag with the exclusive works if you like – keep waiting longer like i don't know if that like changes after a certain calendar year but um but if it doesn't like that's what people might be doing like maybe they'll be like all right i'm gonna wait and see if i can get this number down a little bit more and go from there so right right right. so who would you think then all right pick up if you had your eyes closed magic dartboard you're throwing your dart where are you throwing it at as uh kellerman said fate of the universe on the line if i needed a three-point shot who would it be um, no, I would, I, I still think it's the Falcons. Like the, the signs of, you, you think, way. you think that you think your boys are going to pony up. Do I think it? Yes. Do I think actually they're, they would, they, if it's the smart decision, no, they wouldn't. This team is not ready for Lamar Jackson yet. If we were, if I was a year from now and this, I was still having, if I was having a discussion then I would say, yes, this team is now more built for Lamar Jackson. This team isn't ready for him, personally, in my opinion. Right. Um, but as, like, a fan, I would love it. I mean, it shoots the Falcons up the to the NFC South, prob- potentially, like, leaders. Um, like I said, shoots them up to a potential, like, NFC playoff team, NFC championship team. I mean, there's a whole nine yards there. Um, where I think he fits best, um, especially – I just think he's going to get traded to the NFC. I don't think Baltimore's going to want to trade him to the AFC. I don't think they're going to want to play him. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, in terms you of know, like money-wise, it's going to come into the play. It's all, it yeah. all comes down to the cap space, right? So, like, for me, like, Baltimore would – I mean, not Baltimore. Um, Tampa Bay would make complete sense to me. That was the name I was thinking, the Tampa but Bay they, Buccaneers. They don't have the money at all. Like, they're right. cutting – they but if you're looking for a team that could, if he joined their team right now, they're right immediately, I think, ready for that. So I think they're still kind of holding out with the whole Brady walking away deal. They, they still have a lot of pieces yeah. that they could bring in and just put in Lamar Jackson. He solves their offensive line issue problem, right? So, yeah. like. The team would be electric. I Oh, I, my gosh. And that, Insane. But, like, but to turn it around, like. Realistic. Like I wouldn't be surprised though if the Jets, if they can't land Rodgers, they just say, "How much? 
how much. No, I agree with you. Um, Yeah, it's going to be a really interesting next couple of weeks with this happening. I I think if something happens, it's going to happen before the draft, obviously. Um, So we got, you know, a month and a half until draft day. So, um, you know, expect to hear some rumors, expect to hear some things whirling around. um, But people are going to inquire about it, 100%. Oh, without question. And while we're speaking about the Jets, let's talk into Mr. Uh, Mr. Oregon himself, who likes to be in four days and four nights of absolute darkness. That is the mystery man. That is Aaron Rodgers. And it feels like now with, again, Derek Carr was the backup plan for the Jets. It felt like if they don't get Rodgers and now he signed with the Saints, I feel like the Saints was the obvious landing spot with Carr. Dennis Allen drafted him out of Fresno his first year while he was in Oakland still. But my question to you now becomes, it's Green Bay or the Jets, it feels like now for Rodgers. Is he going to the AFC and going to New York? I think it would be a stupid move by the New York Jets to go trade for Aaron Rodgers. I think it would be an idiotic move. I think this would potentially ruin the franchise for the next three to four years. Really? All right. Now you have to explain. Explain because I think think, because I'm on – I think it's a dumb decision too because of Aaron Rodgers – you don't know you'll get you're getting him for a year. You don't know what you're getting him after that. And you're throwing away so much stuff. I agree. I mean, you're looking at a quarterback who's 38 years old, hasn't really done anything in playoffs the last eight years. Right. Right. Hasn't really done anything like, yes, regular season wise, he does great. But playoff time, he hasn't done anything. All right. Arm talent still there. It's great. But like, Something's just not clicking with Aaron Rodgers in, in the playoffs right now. And don't get me wrong, this Jets team is is really young, up and coming. I like their defense. Um, they're starting to get some wide receivers out there. But like I think if you plug in a 38-year-old quarterback getting paid 40 plus million dollars a year and potentially losing one, if not maybe two first round picks, I think it's just gonna kill this team. I think this sure. team this team needed like a Derek Carr, like a guy that's more of a veteran quarterbacks that has the experience. You would have only got him for like 35 million a year, which been a great deal. And you would have, you wouldn't have had to trade any picks and you still would have had Derek Carr in his prime for the next, at least three to four years that would have propelled this team to the next level. I just feel like Aaron Rodgers is out of his prime. He's got, I don't know, like knowing him, he could retire tomorrow for all we know. Um, I was waiting for an answer today on McAfee. I was waiting. Like, I I, I don't know what to expect. Like, I just, you trade for him, and let's say this, you trade for him, and the Jets are a first-round exit, and let's just say Rodgers goes, all right, I'm done. Like, I don't want to play, I don't want to play football no more. Now you were out of the first-round pick from the last year, this year meaning, and Mm -hmm. potentially another first-round pick. When you could have packaged them first-round picks up and potentially traded up, for one of these quarterbacks coming out. Right. Like people don't think about that part of the part of it as well. Like, yes, they can still go get Jimmy Garoppolo or, you know, another veteran quarterback out there, right. To fill the spot, but they could also look to trade up and try to get one of these young quarterbacks coming out. You slide him in. I understand you. Zach Wilson kind of just looks like too much of a project at this point, but sometimes you got to pony up to get these young quarterbacks 
And then that quarterback's going to grow with this team, and that can lead this team to exponential playoff growth for years to come, not just this year if you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and I think especially with this class, you have two plug-and-chug right guys already, right, with Stroud and Young. I mean, you have two more projects, right, in Levis and Richardson. If we're going based off of the top four quarterbacks right now, I think because I think I mean Richardson had that freak freakish of a combine that's gonna that's raising his stock like crazy, mm. but his issue in college was reading defenses, so he's not going to be able to be ready next year. But you're thinking long term, right? And it might be Zach Wilson for another year. You just have to maybe pony that up and accept that. I mean, Jets fans don't want to hear that because they know they've got a team everywhere else that can be truly competitive, which is why they're like Aaron Rodgers. And the team has had talks with him. So it seems like his time in Green Bay, based off of what we're hearing, is kind of done. But if you're thinking at it at a Jets perspective, you're and if you're thinking of it, Rodgers, you're thinking stupid too. Right, because if you're good, you're jumping into the harder conference. I mean, he's not afraid against going against like these top dogs in the AFC, but like your path is so much more difficult. Which is why I think the Jets are trying to throw all of their marbles in with Rodgers because they think they need that quarterback to compete in the conference. But if you're looking at Rodgers' perspective, you stay you stay in Green Bay you're still arguably a top four team going into next year with a team that has now fully developed. You've gotten the chemistry with your young wide receivers. It's not like a lot of this team's going away for green Bay next year. No, like you've had that bad year now this year that you were not expecting to happen. Right. With the Devante situation, but now you're kind of there. And I think if you're thinking Rogers, I wouldn't be going to New York. I'm thinking Vegas if you're leaving. Go back to Devontae. You got a better team there, especially offensively. I think Jets are more complete. But if you're thinking fireworks, I think that the, the division plays a bigger role of why he Vegas has kind of slipped in his mind. I, personally, if, if there was any team that would kind of be like, all right, you know what? I think we got a two-year window. And... We don't really know what's going to go on with our quarterback situation. It probably would be Miami to me. Like Miami's That's fair. The team. Miami's the team to me. It's like, all right, you pay Tyreek Hill. You're going to have to pay Jalen Waddle. You know, the defense is pretty okay right now. You got They just let Byron team. Jones walk. That's yeah. a big loss. Um, But, like, you're in sunny Miami. You got no taxes. So you're making all South, your money. South Beach. Exactly. Like, it just kind of lines up where it's like, all right, Miami's got a good window right here. One or two year window, especially with like, you don't really know it's gonna know what's going to go on with Tua. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're going to take it, take your shot. Like Miami, right. Miami's the team to me like, all right, hey, we're going to we're going to go in for two years. Like the Jets to me is just too young. And they have so much potential still for multiple years to come where like Miami for me is like, all right, they're this is it. Like Miami's got the next like two to four years is like their window. Right. To- I'm thinking the Jets are more one more year away. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, I don't I don't want to talk more too much more about Rodgers. He gets on my nerves a little bit here and there, but <laughs> I do want to give a quick shout out from the old Jets player who actually got paid and good for him. Geno Smith got a little bit of dough from Seattle. 
good price. Um, you know, I like what Seattle's doing up there. And I'm I, a, it was three years for what? One, one, was it 110? Or was it 130? Yeah, it, was, it was like 33 mil or 35 mil. That's um, still beyond me. I'd be paying Gino more money than Danny Dimes. Yeah. Yeah. Solid stuff from Gino. Good for him to get paid. He kind of uh, bet on himself and he came through. So good for him. Well, speaking of Seattle, let's move on to this fun little topic that and game that we're going to try and play today. And it's called You're the GM. We're calling it so we get to be our version of Mike Tannenbaum or Mike Mayock, whatever you want to do it, John Lynch, so to speak. We both get two teams. Uh, we're going to start with the NFC West. Um, I'll let you go first. I'm your team, your first team is the Los Angeles Rams. You're the GM. What do you do? They're they're screwed. <laughs> like frankly, no, yeah, they're screwed. He, he's, he, you've already opened the bottle of whiskey, and you're like, ah, oh, fuck my life. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, I guess I'm gonna try to live off the Super Bowl run from two years ago and hope that this repeats, right? Um that's no, fantastic. I mean, you know, the first thing is to get everybody healthy, right? You got to get Matthew Stafford back healthy. You got to get Cooper back, Cooper Cup back healthy. Um, I think it's it's the Allen Robinson project didn't work out. It's time to move on from him. Um, try to find a trade partner with him and uh, seek elsewhere for wide receiver number two value. Maybe it be in the draft and try to get younger. They don't got many picks, but yeah. um, to try to find maybe a young wide receiver two or a uh, – or just another compliment to Cooper Cup at that point. Um, you got to get Cam Akers figured out um, this offseason. Um, you got to get him rolling. You got to get him back to his rookies, rookie status or sophomore status. But the, I mean, they're screwed. They're they are they're on, they're in really bad cap situation right now. I mean, that's all I can say. They're cutting Leonard Floyd. They were told um, they're supposed to trade or cut Jalen Ramsey as well. So I mean, the only defensive player. Oh, and also Bobby Wagner, they're cutting too. Um, so just we'll keep adding to the list here. Um, like I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, they went all in two, three years ago for that Super Bowl run. Right. And they got their Super Bowl, and they knew they were going to face the facts two, three years down the road. And and here we are. They're facing the facts two years, two to three years down the road. Um, but yeah, like I said, like the offensive, the offensive side, they need to get healthy. Defensive side, just keep Aaron Donald happy for the next couple of years. See if you can make uh, a little bit of push in the NFC being so weak. Um, I still have this team as like an NFC playoff team and maybe like a sneaky uh, like. You're lying. Come on now. You think they're going to make the playoffs? They're, I, Dude, how bad is the NFC? It's horrific. I mean, it's it's absolutely horrific. Um, that's just a, that, yeah, yeah. That's a, defines how bad the NFC and, is. I mean, think if if the like Rams a, are a six or a seven seed potentially, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, think of it also as like a strength of schedule kind of thing, right? So they had to play one of the more tougher schedules last sure. year. Absolutely right. sucked, right? But this they're year they're gonna get some layups. Exactly, they're gonna have to play the third hardest because they were third in their division. So I got a feeling they're gonna help themselves out there, but. Personally, I think this, I, I think it's uh it's a re-sign of Baker Mayfield for a backup quarterback role just in case Matthew Stafford still goes down. Sure. I think Baker played very well. Um, and I think it's also um, like I said, another wide receiver number two, uh trade, get rid of Allen Robinson and move on from him. And yeah. then I also think is to uh, you know, figure out what you want to do with Jalen Ramsey and if you want to keep him for the next couple of years, keep rocking with it, or you need to um get rid of him. 
and start rebuilding as, as a younger kind of thing from there and maybe acquire some um, third rounders and just kind of fill some spots right now and just right. hope and rely on uh, Matthew Stafford. I, I, it's fair. I think, I mean, they've been, they went all in on that Super Bowl. And like, I think the, if we're like looking at it, the Rams GM perspective, we, they kind of knew that it's a wrap until for the next like three or four years. Yep. Yeah. So that's what I said. Like, there's not too much they can do. Um, unfortunately, their hands are tied from two, three years ago, and they're going to keep living off of that. And good for them. You know, they went all in, they got it, but, you know, they're going to face the repercussions now. So, fair. All right. Who do I have? You pick a team. Uh, let's go with Arizona because I'm interested to hear your take on this. <laughs> I'm just laughing because Keegan's going to listen to this episode. He's going to fucking hate his life. <laughs> what don't they need is the real question. <laughs> Um, I think for Arizona, you brought in this, the head coach, new head coach, right? DC from Philadelphia. That's to the best right there. Oh, here we go. You, you start raving in about your Philadelphia. I think that this team has so many issues, right? To resolve, especially if you're looking at it. I mean, Watts retired. Um, their wide receiving core is a little bit older. I think you're cutting AJ Green or waving him. I don't know if he's re-signed or not, but you're letting AJ Green walk. He retired. AJ yeah. Green retired. Yeah, retired. that's news to me. Let's see how much I follow Arizona, right? <laughs> um, JJ Watt's gone. Um, Zach Allen. He was the co-leader in sacks. I think you have to re-sign him. He was, was one of the few productive areas for their uh, defensive line. Um, you don't know what you're going to get with Cameron Thomas, who you drafted last year. Um, so you're still really raw and young defensively. Um, you're, you are throwing Byron Murphy the bag at the cornerback position. You need him. He is the only in your secondary. I feel like you have to pay him if you're an Arizona Cardinals position. And then, because I feel like, if you you have Marco Wilson, like who's kind of on the other side, but I feel like he's more of a nickel than an actual true uh, outside corner. So you're thinking more of him in the slot. Um, but then linebackers, you're still really young. You have Zayvon Collins and you have Isaiah Simmons, like two just like do it all type guys. And as your linebackers, you don't really have true linebackers. Like those two guys can pl- go down to DN, but they can also drop in and play safety if like need be like those how versatile those two linebackers are but this team is just so bad on the offensive line that's the biggest they are like you know they're like they are bad bad and like you need to like they think DJ Humphreys is the answer at left tackle I don't even think that's the answer but they can't really pay find five new offensive linemen going into the offseason in the draft I think you're looking for three or four easy. I think you keep DJ Humphreys at left tackle and you kind of hope and pray in that regard. You pray Kyler Murray ACL kind of heals the way you need it to, but you might not even have your starting quarterback at the beginning of the year. So that's another component that people aren't even thinking about. They yeah. need a, they need an option at the quarterback position going in. I mean, Cole McCoy is a solid backup, but he ain't going to be, he's not a filler starter he's not a bridge quarterback anymore so you gotta 
I think you're looking at the veteran market. Like who's there? Not many, right? Are you thinking about a Jameis Winston or an Andy Dalton there? I think that's warranted that you're maybe exploring that option for those first four to five weeks. And they understand that they are not the top option. And when Kyler comes back, you play them. This team is such in a rebuild now. And that would be something that we wouldn't even have thought about three years, the two, these last two or three years when how well this team has coming out of the gates in two years where they made the postseason and then last this past season, they were just actually, no, they didn't make the playoffs. They lost it last week 17 against the Rams the first year. Then they had that incredible start lost in the first round of the Rams, like two years that were like, they were phenomenal, right? Especially offensively. But once they get figured out, I'm more intrigued now to see what are you going to do on the offense side of the ball? Are you going to go back to more of a prototypical style? Are you still going to kind of lean to Kyler's strengths and play a lot of shotgun and really stick with Kingsbury's offense? That'll be deviate a lot. I think the, then, big, the big two questions I do have for you, which you haven't stated yet, is what? first off, what are you doing with DeAndre Hopkins? I think you trade him. I really do. I think you really inquired DeAndre Hopkins, which was I kind of rambled a little bit, but I think you really have to look at your options here. You know you're in a rebuild, and D Hop ain't going to be about that with already having to do one in Houston. Like, sure. I think you have to pony up, and you understand you're not going to get what you really want for him. But he's also one of the top five wide receivers in football. Like, someone's going to maybe give you close to what you want, but not ideally. Right. So I think you trade him. What's your other one? Um, first, hold on. Go back to go back to that one. Um, what would you take if you were the GM? So if you are the GM in Arizona Cardinals, what would you take for DeAndre Hopkins? Like what would like, obviously, you're not going to get a first round pick. I mean, let's let's be frank here. But like, say someone offered you a three and a five. Are you taking it? Are you going to say yes? Like, I think you have to. I was thinking a three and a five is where you're at now at this point, which is unfortunate, but now you're just trying to check boxes. If you get a two, you're saying, yeah, right now. Like, that's that's where you're at. Okay. If you're getting even a second rounder, you're saying yes. Because I don't think anybody's going to throw a first rounder for him. Yeah, no, no, he, he's not. But I think a three and a five, maybe uh, two fours and then a five, right? Something like in that realm. Like, if you get more draft picks for later rounds, you have to explore that. Sure. Yeah, you like really I do. I think, like you said, like they're just so depleted in so many positions. So they're screwed everywhere. Um, they just need to add as much as possible. All right. So then, my second question is: is they have the third overall pick in the NFL draft? What are they doing? Are they staying at that pick, or they trade down? Trade back. down. Okay. I would trade down, especially with. It all depends what he Chicago does, and I think Chicago and Houston are kind of. It sounds like Houston's going to stay quarter is going to look to trade back for both. I think Chicago and Houston are looking to move down. So then you're looking at from a Cardinals perspective, you're thinking those two quarterbacks are gone ahead of you. You're taking the phone because I think someone's going to be willing to jump up for Levis or Richardson, knowing that those two guys are now off the board. So I think Stroud and young might go one, two. So I think both, I think D'Amico was kind of adamant with Houston saying, we have a quarterback. Are we going to look for another one? I don't think he's looking first round, though. 
for a quarterback because I think he knows his team is atrocious everywhere else. Sure. And oh, then for Chicago, I think a cornerback one though. They got a pretty decent guy there. So okay, not a quarterback one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. But I think D'Amico's looking at picks. I think Chicago's looking at picks because there's so many holes. Same with Arizona. Like those first three teams have holes all over the board. So I think all three teams are going to be looking to trade down. Sure. And at that point, I think if you don't, you get stuck at three, you take a lineman. But I think the linemen are a little bit lower than this draft. I don't think there's really somebody. They're more like in the late late top 10 not those first three picks right so yeah and if i was if in my opinion if they're saying in three you're you're drafting will anderson or you're drafting jalen carter that's that's right i think they i think they go d they probably go anderson because especially with all the speculation now with carter so yeah and if if they're trading down um then the opportunity presents itself elsewhere i mean even saw something like peter skaronsky from northwestern Mm -hmm. uh, the guard tackle combo there yeah in a a role there so uh, i think him that's way too high at him for him at three i think i think linemen won't be coming off the board so seven or eight yeah i agree i agree but yeah, no, so many issues. I think Arizona's just got to acquire picks, and that means trading down and trading Hopkins. Love it, love it. I would do the same thing. All right, you. I'm giving. I'm giving you the the team that could have been in the Super Bowl if Brock Purdy didn't break his arm. Basically, San Francisco 49ers. My first. But before we get started as the GM. I want to know what you're doing at quarterback. Let's even just start there. Let's start with quarterback, and then you can deep dive everything else. Um, I think you're kind of stuck. You know, you're you you're stuck in the mud a little bit with what you got, and I think you're gonna you have to roll with Lance at the beginning of the year, especially if Purdy's not ready. Um, if Purdy Which doesn't seem like he's gonna be, but if Purdy is ready, open comp, maybe might be a little open comp. If I was John Lynch, I'd be like, oh, Shannon. Play a little ball game here. Is Purdy really ready? Let's get him. Let's get him uh, some action, right? Let's get a little competition between him and Lance and see what it works out to be. Um, but yeah, no, I I, I think they're uh, from a GM perspective. I think Lynch has done a really good job lately. They don't got they don't got a first round pick this year uh, because of the trade wow. last year or two years ago with Lance. Um, so yeah, this is, they don't have a first round pick, um, but they also didn't really lose too many players. I think they might be losing a cornerback, if I'm not mistaken, um, in this upcoming free agency. But, like, they still have all their dogs up front on the D-line. Um, all of them are still on rookie deals, or if not, have signed long-term. Fred Warner's still there. Big dog right there up front. Um, they are losing – oh, man, I'm going to butcher this up. I was either one of their pretty good guards or tackle. I don't know if he plays right tackle if he's playing left guard. I forget off the top of my head. Um, they are losing him to free agency. That's going to be a big loss for them, but they still got big dog Trent Williams on the left side there. So they'll be all right. And then all their playmakers are signed up. Um, Debo's locked in. Um, CMC's locked in. George Kittle's locked in. So you shouldn't have to worry about there. So, yeah, if I say anything. Um, McGlinchy, are you guys going to pay McGlinchy? I think he's up for an extension. Is Is that the guard? Yeah, he's the tackle. Yes. He's the right tackle. That's who I was talking about. He's a free agent. Yeah, Your center is also a free agent. Yes, he's the one. McGlinchey was the one I was thinking of. He's a free agent this year. 
Um, if you have the money to pony up, yeah, absolutely. That offensive line was dominating last year, um, to say the least. So I think if you're able to pony up and get him back, I think that's what you need to do as well. Um, and yeah, I, I, they don't really have to do too much. Like this team was right there. I mean, they right. arguably were like a Super Bowl team. If they, you know, if Brock Purdy doesn't get hurt, they might be in the Super Bowl, right? Like, you yeah. know, there's a whole lot of instances there. Like, the team's built really well. The team's built around young quarterback right now and Kyle Shanahan. I, I, as a GM, like, I wouldn't do too much, you know, add a couple guys here and there. They actually might lose Robbie Gold, which is going to be kind of huge for them. Um, So they'll have to figure yeah. out the position. Um, so we'll see how that turns out to be. But, yeah, I wouldn't do too much. You got all your dogs um, locked in. You got a lot of offensive weapons locked in. So, you know, if you're able to sign um, the tackle back and, uh, you know, try to find a center, you know, on the, uh, the you know, the free agent market out there and, uh, yeah, go from there. I, there's not too much I would do with San Fran. The big question mark is that quarterback, and I think it all just relies on Brock Purdy's health. That's fair. I think the only other thing is that I'm thinking secondary. Right. I think because I think both safeties are free agents. I think Ward's up and is it Mosley the other one? Is Mosley the other one? I think yeah, it is. I would just honestly yeah. let him walk. You think you let him walk? I just don't think they're going to have the money to pay him back. I think right? Jimmy Ward's going to be a big spend if you're going to have to pay him. He's upper tier. I just don't think you're gonna, they're going to have the money to pay him back. And they, I mean, two years ago, they didn't really have the money for secondary and they just kind of. Yeah, and got lucky a little bit. So sometimes you may just catch a, you may just have to catch one in the draft. I mean, the, the secondary, um, in the draft this upcoming year's got some got some good players in it. So, um, if you could right. stack cornerbacks, you might be set. No, I like it. I like it. I think now, I don't. I think you have you're you're kind of stuck at quarterback between Purdy and Lance. But now with their injuries. Does Jimmy G somehow stay in this realm of a situation of maybe being a held hostage here with uh, with both guys being hurt? Nah, Jimmy G's done. He's his time in San Fran is done. He's going to move on. He's going to get a bigger payday somewhere else. And uh, I would be shocked if he ends up back in San Fran. No, I would too. But I think it's, I think they would have let him loose by now, right? Jimmy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a free agent. Is he an open free agent? Yep. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm he's a tree, I, I think Vegas is his landing spot right now. Um, not a bad gig there. There's a lot of teams. Go back to go back to McDaniel's. There's a lot of different spots he could end up, man, and and play really good ball for a team. Um, fair. We'll see, we'll see. All right, let's get to the the interesting one here, Seattle. Um, got a couple first round, extra first round picks. Just yeah. signed quarterback Geno Smith for a couple of years. Um, what are you doing, man? Oh, I just want to say thank you, Seattle, for signing Geno because you did my first thing. You made it a lot easier on me coming in here. That would have been the very first thing. Sign Geno. Um, I think the next thing is, um, you're signing. You're probably re-signing Drew Locke to the minimum. I think him and Gino kind of go well together. I'm just kidding. Um, I think the next thing is you let a lot of guys walk. I think you let Quandre Diggs walk in the secondary. He's a $10 million cap hit. You let him go. I think you can find a second. Uh, like you said, I think there's some solid corners and secondary pieces in this draft that you can find later on. And you probably let 
You let some of those running backs go because Kenneth Walker's been a home run. You let Penny go. You let Homer go. You let some of there's a lot here that you can let walk. And then you probably I would say you bring back um so you probably bring back Kyle Fuller uh for at corner. I like that one. Uh or center, sorry. He's not the he's not the cornerback anymore. Um it's different, different Kyle Fuller. I'm looking at the wrong one. Um, you probably let who else who's their D tackle that, that they just paid? Can't think of. I think you let him go too. Sorry, Shelby Harris. I think you let Shelby Harris go. I don't think he was that big of an impact on that front line. Mm. I really don't. For $10 million, I don't think that was there. I think then you look for a wide receiver potentially in the later rounds as a slot guy. I think you've got DK and Tyler pretty set up with your one-two punch. Maybe find somebody in the slot there. But then you're focusing on offensive line. Your interior offensive line is your main focus, I believe, for this team. You look at the guard position, like Gabe Jackson, he did not cut out. I think you let him go. I think he was like six, seven million dollar hit. But then you're in the draft, you are looking and free agency, you are looking offensive line heavy, especially on, on the interior. Like you, they can protect in the middle. They've got some solid tackles that have showed some promise on the left and right sides, but their guard position specifically couldn't do jack squat this year for the squad. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I, I'm more interested about this the first round, right? You got two picks. You know, you, you can kind of go two different ways, right? For Seattle. Yeah, because what what are their numbers? They're um, I can't think of it five. off the top of my head right now. I think now. it's five. and Because they got Denver's pick. That's right. Correct. So it'll be five. And I want to say somewhere in the upper teens. It's probably because it's their pick. So it's probably the upper teens. Well, let me see. I can, let's see if I can pull it up. Seattle. Drafts positions. Because I know six is Detroit. And then... um. Raiders, I think, are, I think you're right with them and Atlanta's five. Eight, so I think Seattle's five. They're five and twenty. Yep. Let's so as, there's there's two different ways you can go about this. So I'm interested to see which way you take. With five, you're they got and they're the early in the second. They're thirty seventh. So they got three three picks in the top forty there. Like that's, man. I mean, you probably go best available with that five pick. I would say you're probably going edge rusher. Okay. Because I think because I think if you're too early for any of those secondary guys, like how we talked about linemen, linemen won't, especially guard. Guard's gonna be really low in this draft. Okay. So at five, I think you're going edge or D-line. You're thinking maybe you're praying if Anderson falls or if um, Carter falls, you take them there. If not, maybe go with the edge rusher from Texas Tech. Tyree Wilson, he, yeah. Yeah, he's had a huge – his stock has gone way up. Yeah. So maybe look there. And then I'm thinking safety. You go back end if you let Diggs walk at the 20 spot. I'm thinking maybe you go, maybe Brian Branch from Alabama or something like that. 
I yeah, like br- branch. Yeah, I think branch or you go at that point, then you're exploring. Uh, then you go guard offensive line. And I yeah. think at, then you go offensive line with that early second round pick because that's where the most linemen are projected to fall late first, early second. Yeah, you maybe look at like an Osiris Thompson from uh, Florida, good interior guard. He's probably going to be one of the first ones off the board, but he's not going to be projected to go until the late teens. So that's a good pick. But all right, I'm interested. I'm, I like, okay, so that's the one way you went. So all right, I've heard the other way where it's, all right, so we signed Gino for three years, maybe to uh, take a shot on Anthony Richardson early and let him develop behind. What? Mm-hmm. Quarterback? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you take if you take Rich. All right, this is where I disagree. If you're gonna take Richardson, you trade down. You trade back a little bit. But how far? How far back can you trade back? I don't know. Because that so that so that's the big. Because that right five is right at that range. Because like if we're talking about it like from Arizona's perspective, like how I thought a team would probably trade up and get him, you might you might have to take him at five. Because you got teams. Damn. You got teams from right after them that would be gladly willing to take Richardson and probably be even better condition than Seattle because yeah. I fully I, I I have a new mock. Would you I go? Put in the game. Would I got you a go new mock. Ah, uh, it's not bad. I I have Richardson <laughs> going to another team though, so that's my other issue. So I'm not going to send him to Seattle. I actually have him going to the next pick if he can fall that far. If he can fall to six, I think he goes to Detroit, and I think it would be fantastic fit for them. Oh yeah, with Goff there. Yeah, because like I don't think Richardson's ready at all. Like if Rich if Richardson had to play next year, he would not be good. But like if he's able to sit behind a quarterback for two years, I think that could only benefit him even better. Like it could be exponential yeah. for him. Um, but yeah, so so to go back you, to and you Seattle, do the green and you do the Green Bay setup and let him sit for two three years, really exactly. growing. But uh. To go back to your Seattle situation, so there's a quarterback, right? So I've seen the quarterback goes, and then they go after a wide receiver in the end of the first. Hey, though, I how mean, do you go wide receiver? Old. I mean, Tyler Lockett's getting old. He's Tyler Lockett's got two more years in him. Yeah, I guess. But, like, you can't tell me if you get a guy like Jackson the Jigba or a Quentin Williams or Quentin Johnson. Johnson. Like, Pair them up with uh, what's think they, DK? I, <laughs> Scary they, stuff, bro. They need a lineman, bro. All right, you get them in the second round. You got another pick. You said that's true. I mean, It'd be electric. Wow, there's a lot of different. You're ways. going, you're going yeah. for home runs with Seattle, though. Hey, you might as well, right? You might as well. Damn. <laughs> I love it. I love you making you think. Yeah, my head hurts after thinking about that. The listeners out there, man. Oh, the listeners are about to be murdering me on that one. They're gonna be like, "Yeah, let's ride." Yeah, absolutely. Take the big home run shot. Why not? You got the pick there, so that's interesting. Yeah, go quarterback and then wide receiver. You like that? That's a good one, huh? Then you go lineman with that third round. Then you can. Why not? With that early, the third pick. You can get a guard in a second. Fine. Yeah, I mean. Team be electric. Yeah, because what? I think it's the TCU guy. He's like a mid-second. Is it Avila or something like that? For what? I'm sorry. What position? For guard. 
Uh, yeah, I'm not doing a lot of the research on the guard position as much. I just know Osiris is like the big one coming out of Florida. Um, but the guards, the guard position is rich. It's, it's thin. It's thin. They're really yeah. thin. It's extremely weak this year. Um, even like the tackle position isn't great this year. Um, it's a weak offensive line class. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you'll find some dogs in from the tackle position. Don't you worry about that. Um, like there's definitely one, two, probably three or four that probably should go in the first round. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's nothing like it's been sometimes in the past where you get like, Jesus, like three, go- three tackles go in the first eight picks. Like, we're not going to get that this year. Um, so we'll go from there. But, right. yeah. Um, no, good stuff. Good stuff. That was a fun team. segment. I liked it. Yeah, I, I think um, – I think that's the a NFC, good – The NFC West is kind of uh, – a lot of these teams are established or, like, they just have nothing. Like they're, Yeah, they you got two teams that are stuck, and then you got two teams that, that need everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so um, – yeah, we'll stay tuned for next week because we'll probably hop into another segment. Um, maybe flipped over to the AC West or we'll maybe stay in the NFC. Yeah, West. I'll let you decide that next week because I decided this week. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll uh <laughs> we'll keep everyone posted there for sure. Um we'll keep everyone posted from there for sure. So all right. I know we're let's uh let's do a quick little thing here about um let's talk a little baseball. Sure. I think these new what do you think of these rule changes? I think uh, they've. I think they're interesting. There's a lot of gamesmanship happening in these spring training games. Yeah. Uh I don't. Th- it's not really speeding up the game though at all. But oh no, not by much. By how much? How much do you think it is? Oh, Twenty man. minutes. Twenty uh, minutes. I'm uh, probably half hour, man. I mean, most games I saw the Phillies. Um, because I keep more an eye on the Phils, like. Their game time has been hovering anywhere from two hours and twenty to two hours and forty. So I think most games the Phillies were going like still two, two hours, hours still two hours too long. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, what you gonna do there, right? Um, it's definitely shorten shorten the time of baseball by at least twenty minutes, if not a half hour. Uh, from there, I I, I think it's for the best because it like does cut down that middle time between like the each pitch, right? However, like, I feel like they need to kind of uh, put something into place where, like, all right, if it's in the ninth inning, like, instead of 20 seconds, it's 30 seconds, right? Like, give these time. I think they've shortened it maybe a little bit too much. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with the 20 seconds from, like, innings one through six, right, or one through seven. But, like, let's be honest. Like, when you're seven through nine, like, that's your crunch time a little bit. Like, that's when you need to start kind of putting pressure on yourself and the team. Um, so maybe okay. if they extend the time there for 30, but I, I like the 20 seconds. I think it's nice. Haven't really noticed too much of a dis, dis difference with the um bases being larger. I, I don't really I know. don't yeah, I don't see much of a difference in that one. Um and the shift stuff, I mean it's gonna be great for hitters because hitters that are a pull hitter or no, uh, they've already made they've already broken that rule. Have you seen that? They moved the outfielder over, yeah. I saw. They've yeah. already kind of ruined that the only, rule already. The only problem with that is, is this, right? If you, most of the time, like a pull hitter is fine. Like they'll keep pulling grounders, but like a lot of times when they get it in the air and like they foul it off on the left, they'll foul it off on the left side because they're late on it. Dude, like most of the time when it would just be like a simple fly ball to left field 
it might turn into like a dog. Everything's in play now, yeah. Yeah, like it's going to be a dangerous ball game for them over there. Um, I think so- it's going to be more of like a left center, right center alignment for those two outfielders, and then you move that whatever whatever side the fielder slides over and down, whatever. Yeah, but I definitely think a lot of these guys that um, were shift casualties are going to be a lot better this year. So I agree. Uh, and then when it comes to the pitch clock, I kind of like it because I think the biggest thing has been batters prolonging these a lot of things and even pitchers like some of these pitchers have like a minute routine before they even go into their next pitch. Yeah, like I think the pitch clock is better for the game of baseball. It's going to take a while for an adjustment. My question will be, how much leeway do you really have like starting in like August, right? Or September when it's like crunch time, like what you said later in innings, but like, I feel like later in the end of the year, like this pitch clock is going to become mute because they don't want to affect the game that way with having to call a ball or a strike based off a clock count. I agree. I agree. It's already the antics. I've already started though. Um, I don't know if you got a chance to see Max Scherzer. Uh, Oh, so funny. So funny. I was laughing. Uh, So like did you see the? Did you see Granky mess with Vargas who can't swing a bat? I did. I did. That was that was funny. Just ruining his timing by throwing some lobs in there. <laughs> so uh, it's gonna be a, you know, it's gonna be interesting, but it's also gonna be like gamesmanship, right? And we're, you know, right. playing a little bit of mind games up there as well. I mean, you were kind of doing that already um, when it comes to pitching, but now it's even like to the next level, right? Yeah, it really is brought to another level, hundred percent. So. Um, but yeah, I think it's good for baseball, in my opinion, in the end. So, yeah, I think it'll be real question is spring training, you kind of just mess around anyway. I don't know if they're gonna incorporate it for the WBC. I don't know if they said they are if they're not for the World Baseball Classic. I don't think they are, from what I remember. I don't think it is, yeah. So that'll be kind of a little bit of an element for those guys having to go from that adjustment back into regular ball back into the new adjustment. Be yep. interesting to see how those guys get affected by it for sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. So, um yeah, no, big uh I, I, we ain't got too much time to talk about it, but big weekend in golf. We got the players this week. It's uh the fifth major as they call it. So it'll be <sighs> interesting to see there. Just stay tuned for that. We had a great API last week. Um Kitayama, Kitayama with a little bit of a dub there, finally getting yeah. over the hump. Taking over uh, some of the big dogs coming up the uh, back end. and Man, um, Spieth choked last week. You can't even deny that. Um, Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> golf, man. It's, it's golf. I mean, we all choke. I mean, it's golf. Like, what do you expect, man? You got a two-foot putt, and I miss it sometimes, and it's just life. So, um, But, yeah, no, if, if you're not a golf fan this week – um. It's definitely a week to tune in. Like it's always, it's one of the most uh, coveted holes in golf, I guess, with the island green. Like I think if if someone says like, oh, like if you have to name a hole, what would it be? And right, uh, nine times out of ten, it's gonna be in the island yeah. green. Like, the it's, island it's, green is sawgrass. Yes. Um. So definitely tune in. Uh, that starts on Thursday and it'll end on Sunday. So, yeah. So golf's in full swing too, and then uh, yeah. And then college basketball, March Madness right around the corner as well. Uh, fortunately, oh. I haven't watched too much college basketball. You better, you better pony up because March Madness starts next week. I actually have 
um, I like to bring up a discussion with you about college basketball and where it stands at now. Oh. Um, but I would like to discuss that next week. Um, and we can go from there in a little bit of topics. So, yeah. So make sure you're tuning next week. We'll get into the uh, more NFL GM, hit a different division up. We'll talk about a little more college basketball. I got a little topic I'd like to bring up with Blaine. Well, to see maybe put a bracket, at. maybe do a little bit of, do a quick bracket and show sure. what we got, show yeah. what our brackets look like. Um, And yeah, we'll definitely get into that. We'll talk a little more golf and uh, maybe Lamar Jackson signing somewhere, hopefully, but uh, we'll see. Send him next. to Washington, baby. Send him down. Send him down. 45 minutes down, baby. DC. Hey, hey, there you go. So, yeah, as always, always appreciate everybody listening here. Make sure you uh, subscribe on YouTube. Like the video. Um, if you're listening um, on any platform that you're listening, make sure you can shoot us a like. Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you want to discuss, man. We'll definitely get you on. and uh, Or if not, we'll definitely shoot the shit about it on here. Um, so, yeah. So, everyone, as always, have a good morning, have a good afternoon, and have a good night.